And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley as we begin a Monday. Gary, how are you? Doing good. We got a lot to talk about. The left tries to blame white supremacy for Tyree Nichols' death uh, in uh, in Memphis. That coming up here in a little bit. Uh, EVs now more expensive to fill up than gas vehicles, according to a consulting firm. Yeah. Why electricity prices are going up. Right. And when gas comes down, if it's more plentiful, then it's more expensive to fill that up. Now, another interesting thing, and the Biden administration is blocking mining to build EV batteries. Mm. Told you. To build the lithium batteries, it's something that we told you was going to happen. The liberal circular firing squad continues even on that. Well, we want these electric vehicles and we want the batteries. Well, we have to do a lot of dirty mining. No! We have to get things out of the ground. Stop! (laughs) No, this is going to be about wind and solar. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Uh uh. Yeah, huh? I mean, this is, <laughs> yeah. This is like, yeah, huh? Yeah, huh? This is gonna. This is the childish games we play <laughs> when we want to play pretend. Yeah, it is. You, you're great point. You We're know, playing pretend here all the way. So, I it, it's. I don't remember any of my grandkids playing pretend. Now we used to as, as kids, all the time. Uh, now. I don't remember my grandkids, my youngest grandchild, number eight, he will, he has a, one of these cars that you can sit in and drive as a, as a young child. That's not him pretending. He actually drives it. And if you would let him, he would go to the store and buy candy. (laughs) These people are playing pretend. I, I really think the youngest generation of children today don't even bother playing pretend because you know they get it. <laughs> he's three years old and he has he has a tablet already, and he can work it. And I know he has a tablet because I gave him one for Christmas. Yeah, when I was a kid, I mean, I used to play cowboys and commanders. Yeah, that's you know, that's I played cowboy. 
I didn't have many friends. I just... <laughs> there's, there's Eric again. Is he wearing the chaps? He's wearing the chaps. Don't talk to him. Don't talk to him. Don't talk to him. But those, those, those are the... Th- no, he's not. Yeah, huh? Those are the things... You know, that, that children used to do and, and don't do anymore. But if you, if you go to the liberal mindset, they are so far in the pretend world. It's like looking back at children back in the day. Yeah, That's is. how they operate. Yeah. We can get something for nothing. And that <laughs> you and I, <laughs> we got a call years ago on the, it was, and it was the, it was the epitome of, of liberal thinking. We can't just keep getting things from the ground. We were like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, huh? We can too. We could, in fact, it's necessary. Well, would you sug- could you please suggest where we should get things from? <laughs> well, was, mean, not- <laughs> we, we stopped and said, oh my gosh. As opposed to what? <laughs> well, well, where do you think we get it from? Wow. <laughs> we we need not to take anything more from mother earth well then you know where we are though and Mm. and i it was uh uh it was a stossel's video here in the last couple of weeks was after 60 minutes did paul ehrlich and uh the 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 guy who wrote the population bomb and and uh you know we had talked about it but it's still when you watch somebody else the way that they bring it up and, and the way Stossel's bring it up, he says, here's a guy that was wrong on everything. And 60 Minutes brings him brings him on to say, okay, since you've been wrong 100% of the time, <laughs> yeah. because your ultimate thing was you might have been writing on a, on a or, or, or in the, the right direction on a couple of things, but your final conclusion was the world is done by 1989. Yeah. Yeah. So on the big, and so the world is done. That's the ultimate. I mean, that's. That's the you were wrong on all of that. Did did, and, uh, did Scott Pelley show him a a, a calendar? <laughs> I we're we're far past nineteen eighty nine. Well, if and, you'll just look at this um, piece of paper we call a calendar. But but there's that's where we are today. You can be completely wrong on yeah. everything, yeah. and six, sixty minutes will bring you on. We need to talk to you because um, you're still very very concerned about where we're. Uh, going, even though you've been completely 100% wrong, the society, and, and not just, remember, the the world was going to end because we could not produce enough food. Mm-hmm. That the population was too great in 1970. Yeah. As you pointed out, we have 4 billion more people, mm-hmm. and we have, it is the, the fastest since, from 1970 to now, is the fastest in all human history of people getting out of poverty. So everything that he said, basically people are going to starve to death because we can't, you know, we can't make, you know, we can't make food. Right. Is completely and totally wrong. Right. Everything. He was wrong on everything. And 60 Minutes says, let's bring him on to get more predictions for the future. Because his credibility sucks, which means we need... To put him on. I mean, that's the kind of society that we that we live in today where 60 Minutes that used to be the gold standard mm-hmm. of journalistic reporting. Well, in all seriousness, seriousness and Scott Pelley was like, you know, in, in his voice, so where do you believe it's... It's like instead of laughing, going, you're an idiot. 
Yeah. You were wrong on everything. I don't even know why you make that phone call. I don't even no. know why you have the meeting. No. I mean, that's how you want to know if if there's a perfect example of political activism. And if you want to know where it exists, you can see it right there in that 60 Minutes interview. That yeah. wasn't journalism. Right. right. Because you don't sit there and bring somebody who's been wrong on where the world is going, on on manufacturing, on food production, on innovation, mm-hmm. on on population. He was wrong across the board. Well, let's bring him on 60 Minutes because we do serious news here at 60 Minutes. Yeah. Just amazing. But that's where we are. I mean, well, it's, 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 you know, that's indicative of uh, them being stuck in, you know, they, they're, they're just stuck in a certain mode. I don't know why the world still turns to Al Gore, but they do. Yeah. He's an admitted liar. I'll just keep it going. You know, the <laughs> according to their rules and standards on climate change, Greta's the only one that has her stuff together. <laughs> the one that they nurtured, that they coached to come out and be the new generation leader. Is telling them all to get out of Dodge. You, yeah. You're not doing anything. Man, make sure you explain that fully in case somebody's tuning in for the first time. Well, she's saying exactly what we're finding out now. And we said all along about any new technology, but especially with EVs. Well, here's the problem. Net zero is not zero. You're greenwashing. These are all the things she's telling right. them that Greta... And the activists are saying, no, quit getting, they're saying basically quit getting things out of the ground. Now, they're still clueless. They still believe that wind and solar can give us everything. I would love to hear how many of them believe that we need to reduce our population on the blue marble. But this is exactly what you get. Inevitably, there was going to be a liberal circular firing squad on this because there, you, if you got to the point <laughs> that, that you think you're going to satisfy the activists, no, 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 we'd, let's change everything. Let's change everything and mandate that we change everything. It, it was within a year that California announced their EV mandate for 2035. And now Biden's saying, oh, yeah, that's great, but you won't be able to go get the batteries. In case you want to know what we're talking about, the Biden administration, this from the Wall Street Journal, is heavily subsidizing electric vehicles, but at the same time, it's blocking mineral projects needed to produce them. Another example of this head-scratching contradiction came Thursday when the Interior Secretary uh, uh, walled off much of Minnesota's superior national forest from mining. Minnesota Duluth Complex has one of the world's largest undeveloped mineral deposits, including copper, nickel, and cobalt, that are needed in vast quantities for EV batteries. The uh, Interior Secretary is assuring that the deposit stays undeveloped by signing an order withdrawing more than 225,000 acres from mining for uh, two decades. The order says the withdrawal is necessary to protect fragile and vital 
social and natural resources, as well as traditional cultural values and substance-based lifestyles of Native American tribes. But mining needn't, uh, needn't compromise these other interests, and individual mining projects must undergo rigorous federal environmental reviews. Ms. Halen is dancing to the tune of the green lobbyists who want to keep minerals in the ground as they do fossil fuels. She's making their job easier by preemptively vetoing projects. Now federal agencies won't have to conduct the environmental reviews for proposed mines, and Greens won't have to sue to block them. How politically efficient. Hmm. Other mining projects in Minnesota, Arizona, and Nevada have been stuck in permitting purgatory uh, and the courts. Uh, the Superior National Fourth Withdrawal sets a precedent that could expedite the process of blocking and uh, blocking other mining projects. Call it anti-permitting reform. So as you see across the nation, as the liberals say, build electric vehicles, the they're left... Shutting, they're shutting down the, the, the mining for the, they're, they're everything sh- you need right. for EVs. They're shutting down <laughs> installing the mining yeah. for EVs, which yeah. means more will come from China. And, by the way, the cost will go through the roof mm-hmm. because you're limiting supply here in the United States. That's the, if you want to understand the insanity of the left, there it is. And there it is. It comes out of the ground. Well, What's the difference between taking those out of the ground and taking fossil fuels out of the ground? The, the, one of the, the good news is, is that one of the richest fields of lithium is in Afghanistan, and they love America. Yeah. The Taliban just love, they sing our praises. That's the, if you want to know the insanity of the left and the delusional world that they live in, right there. Yep. Right front and center for everyone to see. Yep. Also coming up here on the show, we'll tell you about the former Walmart CEO. Inflation trouble is still ahead if the Biden administration doesn't act. Biden and McCarthy to discuss the debt limit this week. Tim Ryan tells Bill Maher, the Democratic brand is toxic. Reparations activists not happy in California. Mm. An interesting study. One quarter of millennials get their rent paid by their parents. Wow. Plus, we'll see if anything new happened in the whole top secret stuff mm. over the weekend. All right. That and more, plus your calls and comments, 866-90-RED-EYE. Starting and charging system-related issues are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Knowing the warning signs that could indicate your electrical system needs attention can help you avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. Have your electrical system checked by a certified technician. If your vehicle begins to shut down electrical loads like radios and cab lights while in operation, this is a surefire sign that you're experiencing low battery voltage and continuing to run on these conditions can lead to additional electrical systems shutting down. This report is a service of Shell Rotella. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. If you like listening to Red Eye on... 866-90-RED-EYE. Just reading this here, former ESPN host Jamel Hill posted how black people can be tools of white supremacy in regards to the police beating of uh, Tyree Nichols. We knew this was going to come. You wondered, okay, how is the left going to try to spin this into uh, uh, white supremacy? So uh, uh, that's what uh, she has said. And then you had uh, you had um, uh, as 
as uh, LeBron James. And this is really interesting because LeBron James, as we know, uh, when it came to uh, uh, Wisconsin and the uh, the Kenosha riots, mm-hmm. helped to inflame those riots by uh, proclaiming that you know what had happened there was racism and and police brutality before he even knew the facts of it. But this time, as said here, uh, LeBron James taking a beating on social media after saying black people are our own worst enemy. He was initially responding to a tweet from MSNBC analyst Brittany Cunningham, which said that police policing is a tool of systemic racism, no matter the race of the officers. Hmm. I don't know. This this reminds me, it takes me back to the... uh, the, uh, the riots a couple of years ago in 2020 when you had these two white women screaming at black cops. Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah, you're, uh, yeah. you're a traitor to your own race. Exactly. They, these yes. white girls were screaming at black cops. Yep. Sometimes people do the wrong things, and it has nothing to do with color. Look, Sometimes I, you know, people commit evil acts. It has nothing to do with color. Um, I, I think it was obvious that after... Uh, the Tyree Nichols death that they were at in Memphis, they were going to have to disband uh, the Scorpion squad. Uh, that was something again, that was not likely going to stand scrutiny. I don't know if any of that played into what happened that night. Uh, if they were building a culture, uh, if the training was wrong, I, I can't tell you. The death is tragic. It always is. But I can't tell you that night why those five officers did what they did. I can't tell you. And, you know, it's it's funny because I was telling my wife Saturday morning. You know, I suspect that they will disband the Scorpions unit. And they did. By the, It was a few hours later they announced it publicly that they were doing And the Scorpions unit, for people that don't know. It is a it it is a special uh, unit that that was brought about by the Memphis Police Department in order to. It was described in the media, and I want to be careful to phrase it that way. That it was described in the media as being more aggressive in their approach in enforcement, and in aggressive, it wasn't implied that they need to be more violent. They just need to go after criminals in a more aggressive, a more aggressive fashion. Well, the question would be: All right, then was there any kind of culture that was built within, you know, the uh, putting that squad together, putting that unit together, um, mm-hmm. or is or did that have nothing to do with it? I can't tell you. You're talking about five officers and one suspect. And the videotape was brutal to watch. But this is not racism. The left wants it to be racism. It is not racism. I can't tell you if it's improper training. I can't tell you if those individual officers were aggressive naturally as individuals. I have no idea. And neither does anyone else 
except yeah. for those that are directly involved in this. Exactly. Right. And they will, and yeah. they already are going to answer to this, and the American people will find out exactly what happened. And, you know, for those that want to make it about them, that's what they're doing. When they come out and then they make these false charges and accusations, it's all about making about, I, I need to tweet this. I need this to be about me. The IRS, the world's most aggressive collection agency. They can seize your property, bank account, and garnish your wages. They cause sleep. Call in and get a word in edgewise. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. Just reading this New York Post article that Jonathan Turley wrote. Uh, about uh, uh, Biden and the classified document scandal and uh, starts it out by saying Corrine Jean-Pierre says that he is doing it in a very transparent way, which we all know is a lord of horse manure. Mm. Uh, putting aside the refusal to share any information beyond the desire to be fully transparent, Biden has one major test awaiting him and his pledge, his senatorial records. There has been much discussion of a classified document being found in his personal library in Wilmington, but there is a huge library of Biden documents sitting in the University of Delaware. The university is sitting on Biden documents due to a uh, cynical 2012 arrangement made by Biden when he was vice president and contemplating a run for the presidency. The president effectively locked away his records by giving them to the university, which has claimed for a decade that it is still working to organize and catalog the documents. He has refused to allow the public or press to see the documents. With the recent reports that Biden may have included classified information in notebooks found at his residence. That's what came out over the weekend. Mm-hmm. The Because we were wondering, what were those, you know, the, the notes? These were apparently Biden taking notes. Mm. Um, uh, the status of the University of Washington documents is becoming more and more untenable for the White House. The uh, University of Delaware has been used for years to shield potentially embarrassing documents from public view for the Biden family, including allegations that the president engaged in sexual harassment or assault as a member of the Senate. University effectively agreed to serve as a type of lockbox. Well, we haven't heard that since. Yeah. Since, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, when he ran for president in 2020. No, not not John Kerry. No, you didn't do it. It wasn't John Kerry. Um, Mr. Climate Change. Al Gore? Al Gore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lock, we put it in a lock. We put Social Security in a lock box. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Social yeah. Security, yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought, what's Al Gore hiding? <laughs> yeah, the, the university effectively agreed to serve as a type of lockbox for the Bidens to prevent a review mm-hmm. of his senatorial records as he ran for higher office. At great public cost, University has fought efforts by the media and the public to allow access to the documents. It is a troubling position for any institution of higher education to fight access to his- historical materials for years. Well, why isn't the FBI all over that, especially with the, what we have seen so far? Mm-hmm. Well, we, we've seen documents spread at his home, his office, his garage, notes, 
in his personal uh, place. So the next thing is uh, we're going to look at them or there's a warrant. Why hasn't that happened? And we were told that Lausch, who uh, is first on it now here in the next couple of days, the special prosecutor will be on it. Right. And I don't know if they're waiting for him to take over. But if you're telling me that there are people that are going through all the Binet senatorial candidate, you know, the senatorial records, and we already know that there are top secret something, there are classified documents from his Senate term that were found at his home, well, then you have to go in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there is, uh, however, there is growing concern that the files may not only include incriminating information on past sexual assault allegations, but actual classified information. There is already confirmation that Biden removed classified information from the Senate more than 14 years ago. It now appears he also may have transferred classified information from briefings and documents to his notebooks. That raises a question of whether such information is contained in notebooks and papers housed at the university. If President Biden is ready to embrace transparency, I'm going to read that again. If President Biden is ready to embrace transparency, (laughs) he can start by finally dropping his opposition to any review of his senatorial documents at the minimum. The FBI should request access to determine if his violation of classified rules extends to this mountain of material given to the universities. Mm. Uh, For decades, I have written and testified on why public servants should not be able to claim records from public service. This work includes a work on presidential papers published by Cornell in 2003, where I traced the flawed arguments of public servants that such documents are entirely their property. They're not. Biden is the poster boy for how the claim of private ownership can run against the principles of good government and public interest. Biden becomes hugely wealthy while in public service, as his as did his family. The Bidens have long been accused of open influence peddling to garner millions of dollars and choice jobs or contracts for family members. These documents could shed light on that corrupt history. Hmm. Think about it. Think if this was Trump and they were found in that many places and he had documents that were hidden and we already knew. If, and let's say he was a senator at a point. Right. That Trump was a senator. And there was information that, that we knew, not information, but there was evidence, which nobody is debating, including uh, the uh, the Department of Justice, mm-hmm. that uh, top secret documents from Trump's Senate years were found. And there's a trove at a university that's being hidden of records you think the fbi would have been in there already or it wouldn't have been a story that would have been leaked like crazy uh the very transparent way should also extend to other matters of great public interest even if biden is not willing to give the public and press general access to these records he should be willing to allow an independent third party to remove any uh documents related to matters of great public interest including allegations of sexual misconduct and influence peddling That ain't happening. Mm -hmm. Biden has yet to come up with a plausible reason why he is using the University of Delaware to prevent the review of documents. Indeed, the University of Delaware continues to expand, uh, expend, excuse me, public funds by making technical arguments against access while ignoring questions about the use of an academic institution to shield potentially embarrassing records. 
Of course, the FBI does not need permission. They have ample reason to demand access in the light of the president's serial violations. Indeed, past discoveries form a perfect overlaid map of where the president has lived or worked in the past decade. Yet, although there is new interest in searching his other residents, there has been little discussion of the largest trove of documents sitting in the bowels of the University of Delaware. Presumably, this is one question that Jean-Pierre could actually answer. If the president is truly striving to be very transparent, he should be able to tell the University of Delaware that his record should be open to outside review. Otherwise, Biden's pledge is nothing but transparently dishonest. Well, that's it. Uh, You know, and if the oversight committees are being told they're not going to see anything. Yeah. Until after the special prosecutor is done. With his work. You know, we left here Friday and I thought about it more and more because the thought occurred to me at the end of the Friday show that, well, my gosh, now it sounds like Merrick Garland assigned a special prosecutor to keep all of this stuff so they could have the excuse. Sorry, the special prosecutor's working on it. And they could avoid transparency for however long the special prosecutor is working. And that's exactly what we're getting. The fact that we, through our oversight committee representatives, can't get answers is maddening. And ready for this, Paul? I mean, this you want the political problem for the president, which, again, is public opinion. Mm. Rasmussen poll uh, out. This would be... Uh, I don't know if it was last Monday. I didn't see this poll, hmm. unless you mean it's out today, and it was updated. A Rasmussen poll uh, out Monday and exclusively revealed here shows that almost three-quarters, 72% of voters, regard the president's handling of classified records to be a scandal. That includes 55% of Democrats. Nearly half, 48% of all voters, say it is a major scandal according to a national poll of a 1,000 voters taken over the weekend. I guess that's this weekend. But even more damning for the president is that 60% of all voters believed it is likely that information from those classified documents was used by Biden's son, Hunter Biden, in his foreign business dealings. Wow. Among Democrats, 36% believe it is likely that Hunter used his dad's classified files with more than one in five saying, very likely. That's the problem. That's the problem they've always had, we said from the very, very beginning. Hmm. The suspicion is it involves influence peddling. Yeah. And it also shows that America knows that influence peddling exists. Now, whether they, whether these documents have anything to do with it or not, I have no idea. Right. We don't have any idea right. that the evidence doesn't exist. We're talking about the political repercussions that when you're involved in influence peddling and when the public already believed, this is before any of this, this goes back six months ago, maybe a year ago, that the majority of Americans believed that Biden enriched himself by being in public office. How do you do that? Influence peddling. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And then when you tie it to the Penn Biden Center, where there are tens of millions of dollars of anonymous Chinese donations, you can't win that. And we stated this from the very beginning. That's the biggest problem he has. It's not only the top secret problem, but it goes directly to influence peddling at that point. It'll be interesting to, to see what happens. And I don't know. Maybe they're waiting. Maybe Lausch is waiting. But we know from already the mainstream media that Lausch asked for a special counsel very early on before this ever became, you know, became public. He was extremely uncomfortable as to the way that this was handled by the Department of Justice. Mm-hmm. Well, the timing of that, too, is it reported that Lausch, basically January 5th, was saying to Merrick Garland, you need to get a special counsel right. on this. January 6th is when CBS called. January 9th is when CBS aired their story. Well, that's- so what? my question is, hmm, and I don't know. But my question would be the purpose of the special counsel. Is it just to save face because you applied one to you, you assigned one to the whole uh, uh, Trump document thing? Or is it so that you could buy some time? Well, with hearings coming up because the Republicans are investigating all of this, it's not going anywhere. Well, and, it's and, not and, going anywhere. My question is for those that are, you know, Tom Cotton and 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 all of them that are, you know, fuming right now, angry that they're not getting access to these documents. How do you do that? We ask the question. We don't know the process. Uh, and, can they get it done through the courts? I don't know how they get access and, to it. And I searched. I know you did, too. We both mm-hmm. searched over the weekend looking you know, it, what's the precedent for this? And I haven't been able to I haven't find seen, one yeah, I didn't that, could see relate, anywhere. That, that could relate to this. And I did quite a bit of searching over the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, and so and I was amazed nobody else is really on it. Well, because I think that's, you know, the key is going to be in terms of us finding out more information. The key is earlier than, you know, uh, sooner than later. The key is going to be the oversight committees, but especially in the House. And if they don't have access to this information and they're told and they can't do anything about it and they're told you just have to wait until the special prosecutor is done, well, that could take years. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. For a clean, comfortable room. More cozy than your cab, Motel 6 will leave the light on for all of our truckers on the road. If you drive a big rig, you know that more time on the road means more money in your... It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. Yeah, so that poll that, uh, that, and by the way, that poll just, that's for today. Mm. All right, so it came out because 
Uh, I was uh, reading about the poll from uh, Miranda Devine of the New York Post, mm. who, by the way, wrote the book Laptop from Hell. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, this was released uh, last night at 10.34 p.m. So All right. it is from this weekend. So that's the... You want to know what the problem the president has on all of this. There are so many unanswered questions. There's top secret documents all over the place. There's the the the, the laptop from hell uh, that the Republicans are going to uh, investigate. There's a special counsel uh, now for the uh, the, uh, the the top secret uh, looking at the classified. You know what's going on with the classified documents. Mm-hmm. You have the huge trove still at the University of Delaware. Other places still, the Penn Biden Center hasn't been searched again. And the biggest problem for him is the polling is all against him, including the majority of Democrats. Yep. That's the problem. Yep. And 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 majority ties it into influence peddling. That's the problem he has. And really, we're just a couple of months away from the, the real start of the 24 election season. It's not going to get any better for Trump or for Biden. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley, 866-90-RED-EYE. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and you can listen when you choose if you can't listen live overnight. Have a good weekend? Um, I did. Had a good weekend. Uh, hung out a little bit. Uh, also did some planning. Uh, cleaned up the yard a little bit on Saturday. Uh, my wife is, was hanging out with uh, a, a couple of the granddaughters. They've got prom coming up. <laughs> they were trying to find a, a prom dress and, and uh, for each of them and a couple of them. And uh, so they were going to do some shopping. I was like, okay, well, I'm out. <laughs> So, because what do I know? I was like, okay, just, you know, have fun, enjoy it. Uh, and and I thought, okay, still beautiful weather. I got out there, uh, and I thought this may be my last chance to get a good sweat in, you know, because we've got cooler weather now. Uh, cold front came in on Sunday. We might get some sleet later today, some ice maybe on Tuesday. The world is freaking out, our world, uh, because, you know, it's going to get down to uh, maybe 29 degrees, Gary. Uh, no, but we could see accumulation of ice. They don't know where this is going to, you know, it just depends on the timing of, of all of it and, and where the, the cold air is and the precipitation is. And it could get, in some areas in, in our region, uh, could get very, very dicey in the next couple of days. So, after I got the lawn cleaned up, uh, we hung out, and then on Sunday it was all about planning because we've got our our uh, cold weather vegetables in the background in, in the backyard yeah. rather, and I've got to get them covered. Uh, they're fine in in the cold, but if 
I'm afraid if ice builds up on them, it, it's it's not going to go well, and they're just now starting to yield. And then uh, my shrubs, I was not going to cover them, but freezing rain would be a problem. So um, I'm going to get out there. In fact, uh, here in about four and a half hours, as soon as we uh, wrap up here, I'm going to start covering the uh, shrubs out front. Well, the the good thing is that uh, I checked. Uh, you know, after you get we get to Wednesday when it's supposed to rain a lot, and yeah, but it's supposed to basically end by Wednesday into Thursday, and you know, rain, yeah, and it'll, you know, it's still going to be cool. But then I don't see a freezola by the middle of <laughs> no, it doesn't. I mean, of the, February the the the, the, um, the temperatures this week mm-hmm. are are you know uh, below freezing at times, but not yes, not so, like plunging down to right. You know, my uh, twenty nine is what I saw. Yeah, uh, my my wife went to see her mother on Sunday, and and uh, she lives a couple hours northwest of here, and texted me, "Hey, uh, it's going to get down to twenty one here tonight. Should we cover the everything up right now?" I said, "No, no, because at home it's not going to be. It's going to be much warmer. So the further west or north you go, the colder it's going to be." And it could be for for uh, truckers or anybody who's traveling over the next few days. Pay attention to your, your forecast, uh, you know, uh, uh, closely because it, it appears to be changing by the second in terms of where the ice is going to be and all of that. And uh, so, yeah, because uh, that's you know. what I'm. I'm thinking tomorrow night should be all right, but going home may not. And then Tuesday, right. yeah. Tuesday night into Wednesday morning could be. Well, again, if it's just ice, it means I go 20 miles an hour all the way home. And it could be, they're, they're saying it, it might be just elevated surfaces, but then again, it could be, you know, uh, it could get right. worse. But you kind of plan for the, the worst. The and, worst. And right. and uh, I was talking to my dad recently, and he says, well, he goes, uh, because I, I bought a truck about a year and a half ago that has four-wheel drive, and he says, so... You know, uh, how does your four-wheel drive handle on ice? I said, I said it's great. All four wheels spin. So <laughs> all four wheels slide at the same time. Uh, it's uh, it, it's <laughs> hopefully going to be, uh, you know, won't be uh, too treacherous. But we do know there are areas, whether it's our area or not, uh, there are going to be areas that have ice. And the forecast has been shaping uh, over the weekend and toward the end of the day on Sunday, uh, late afternoon, it looked like it's going to be uh, worse than expected in some areas. So just if you're, again, traveling, uh, driving a truck, whatever you might be doing over the next uh, few days, make sure you pay very close attention to the weather forecast and and remember that those updates are happening mm-hmm. on the fly. So Pay attention to the updates. Well, you don't want to know what I did over the weekend, so I'm just going to move on. Now, what did you do? What did you? All do? right, since you asked, since okay. you're dragging it out of me, yeah, you wrote it down for me to ask about it. But go ahead. <laughs> Two golf lessons. Two. Yes, one Friday, one Saturday. Okay. Yeah. All right. The weather was good. The, we- the weather was good, and I knew I wouldn't be able to do anything maybe until after next weekend. Right. Because we're supposed to get a ton of rain like Wednesday. So It it looks it's, like we're in precipitation mode for yeah. a few days, no doubt. So yeah. my my instructor was very pleased. 
He's a kind of instructor that doesn't change your swing. He just sees your swing and finds out how you can maximize your performance. Okay. You know, and so for me, I don't want to change the length of my swing because I do a thing called sort of a half swing Mm. because I don't want to hurt my back. Right. Yeah. And uh, so uh, by the time we got to Saturday, perfected it, was hitting the ball farther than my golf instructor. Yeah. Wow. I hit a seven iron. I was hitting a seven iron like 175 to 180 yards that I normally would hit 150 to 155. Really? And my six iron, I hit 190 yards. He was like, what the hell? He was just, he goes, because you do work out. <laughs> he said, you hit, I said, yeah, I work. I said, I've been working out. I said for, you know, the longest time since I've had back problems for 15 years, I've been working out. I said, not to get, not to build muscle, just to, you know, it, Makes it so my sciatica never comes back, and to make sure you don't lose muscle. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. and I actually have. I mean, I have created some definition, and you know, even my doctor said you know, you're a pretty big upper body. <laughs> I said better than a big lower body, <laughs> but uh, but no. So very 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 pleased, and the the swing and the way he has me doing it. Even for me, what's more important, I want to be able to hit good shots this year. I know I've got a couple of years left, and I know my body's in good shape, so I want if, if I can, I want to do it. Just because, to me, I I need to be, I'm like you, you need to be goal-driven on a, if I'm going to do something, I need to be goal-driven. I want to get a little bit better. I don't have any goals as to how good I want to get, but I just want to, I want to be able to be out there and enjoy it, and when I mess up a shot, have the confidence for the second shot's going to be good. <laughs> I don't mess it up, but the, I, um, the main thing is I don't want yeah. to hurt myself and right. Yeah. The way he has me doing it, I went out. I hit more golf balls over the last two days than I, you know, than I've hit in the longest time, and my body feels great. It hurt. Yeah, I mean, I was sore right. afterwards yeah. and some tense. Went to sleep, woke up. Uh, yesterday was like, oh, everything's tight. Hour later, I was fine. Right. So that's all. That's what I really care about. I don't want to. I'm getting. I'm getting that age where you do stuff physically and you end up hurting yourself. You mean you mean like I don't know taking a nap you wake up with a some kind of injury <laughs> I, I I knew I was going to have problems a couple of years ago when I hurt my wrist swimming it cramped up and hmm. I remember I had to admit that on the air when I said I'm getting old how do you know when you hurt yourself swimming Yeah but sleeping yes Are you yeah. of that age too Are you hurting yourself sleeping too uh, as, as long as I don't try and get out of bed, <laughs> I'm fine. I, you know, I, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm looking at ramping up target practice, um, making sure that I can, you know, properly manage my weapon, shoot my weapon. And I noticed that my readers, you know, it's like, huh, good. You know, you keep cleaning your readers thinking something's wrong with the glasses. <laughs> and then finally over the weekend, I'm like, I, okay, I don't want to look at my last order of readers. I have prescription lenses, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm fine <laughs> long distance. It's It really is the short distance. Uh, yeah. and, and because of what I do in terms of how I read and do show prep, uh, I really need the readers. They, they serve me better. Mm-hmm. And so noticing that, okay, as I age, I need to ramp up my readers. I, 
I don't know. I don't want to, you know, get to the point that I put on readers and look like uh, the guy from Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Bubbles. I, I don't. I, I would rather not have to go that far. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, at what point, you know, does it really start to affect things? Reading is one thing. And, of course, it was a prescription bottle, right? Over-the-counter prescription bottle that I was looking at. Oh. And it's like, and, and <laughs> why do they make the lettering so small? And I swear, they 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 really do. It's just that they're making the bottles small. And I think back to uh, target shooting because – I want to be proficient. Um, and then I was watching a video with a survivalist. This is a guy who is a Green Beret, was a Green Beret for over 20 years, uh, contractor. Uh, this is a guy who knows his stuff. And he was talking about survival techniques and, and just not necessarily prepper mode, but just being prepared, right? And he says, he says, you know, it's not enough just to to be proficient with your weapon, you know. If you're fat, it's you got to be in shape. Basically, is what he's saying. If you're fat and things go down, you're gonna you're gonna be one of the first to go. I thought, you know, I'm gonna watch something else. <laughs> and I and I thought to myself, okay, um, I'm in pretty good shape actually. And I thought to myself, you know. I was just questioning my eyes. I, I was I was not I was not here for for your judgment, sir. And I but I did realize I thought to myself, it is you know, it it is important and I don't know how many there probably are a ton of videos out there or or experts out there that will you know that focus on why it's important as you get older, you know, if you're going to uh, practice your Second Amendment rights uh, to to get out there and and you know I, I guess adjust accordingly, right? Um, because I do know that when I shoot with a scope, uh, things are a bit different. Um, and I, you know, I just thought to myself, you know, I really need this is the time when I really need to know because you want to. You, I've got a blind spot in my right eye. You know, there are a lot of things going on. You want to make sure that everything is going to be, you know, safe. It, it really is all about safety. And then second, it's about proficiency. You want to make sure that if you're, you know, something happens that you can properly uh, manage and shoot that weapon. Well, just remember that in zombie land, I believe being very mobile, quick and fast was uh, one of what's his name? Jesse Eisenberg, the yeah, actor. Wasn't right. that one of his wasn't that one of his rules? Yeah, I was right. like, yeah. <laughs> But we're both doing the same thing. We're both target yeah. shooting. Yeah, that's pretty much it. You with a pistol, me with a golf club. Ex exactly. Exactly. So we're actually get the doing job done. You can fight zombies thing. with golf clubs. I've seen it done. <laughs> I've seen it done. I need more accuracy. <laughs> 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 you got to hit this. Got to hit the zombies with the golf club twice, right? Yeah, probably. I, I know you have to shoot him twice or something, yeah. right? Depends on the level of decay, but yeah. Oh man, <laughs> we're we're talking zombies, <laughs> not music, right? All right, yes. not and not age. Uh, okay. <laughs> Eight six six ninety red eye. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at JJ Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on winter weather driving. As a driver, it's important to know the laws of the states you travel through. One example of this is in regard to tire chains. 
Not all states allow chains, but in some areas of the country, tire chains are required to be carried on commercial vehicles as early as September and as late as May. If you're going to be driving through a state that requires you to carry chains, make sure you're prepared with the proper size and number of chains needed for your vehicle, plus extra links. Regularly check the chains for broken hooks, worn or broken links, and bent or broken side chains. Know how to safely put chains on your vehicle's tires, and don't wait until the last minute to put them on. Pull over in a safe and level area, preferably a designated chain-up area. Wear reflective clothing to remain visible to other drivers. Make sure chains are snug but not tight, then check them regularly and retighten as needed. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. This report is brought to you by Pilot Flying J and by Shell Rotella. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. You know, when we were looking at the Rasmussen poll out uh, uh, today on uh, on uh, Biden and the uh, the uh, document scandal here. Uh, and interesting, though, even over the weekend, even though Trump was out campaigning, yeah, <laughs> nobody's talking about. Trump and the top and and the classified documents. It's all about Biden. That's a great point. He made two stops over the weekend, New Hampshire and South Carolina. And it really, there were small, and maybe I missed, you know, uh, larger stories about it. There were small stories about those two stops, but I didn't see anyone, you know, uh, doing what the liberal media always does, deflecting and saying, oh, yeah, but Trump, but Trump, but Trump. Yeah, that's an interesting point. And he was out over the weekend. And looking at this Rasmussen poll that that shows 72 percent of voters regard the president's handling of classified documents to be a scandal, including 55 percent of Democrats. And then even more damning for the president is that 60 percent of all voters believe that it is likely that information from those classified documents was used by Biden's son, Hunter Biden, in his foreign business dealings. Among Democrats, 36% believe that. I want to get some of the other numbers. We didn't get to the other numbers here uh, when we were talking about it before. And I and I started reading them afterwards and go, I got to mention this because they're huge. Independent voters have even a darker view of the Bidens with almost two-thirds, 62%, saying it's likely Hunter used the classified information. Uh, even 22% of liberal voters agree it's likely. Suspicions Cut across races, an equal number, 59% of white and black voters, 65% of Hispanic voters believe it's likely that Hunter used the material in his foreign dealings. Asked if they agree or disagree that members of the Biden family have been influence peddling for a decade, the majority, 59% of voters agreed, with 46% strongly agreeing, more than one-third of Democrats agree Almost one in five strongly agree of Democrats, that is. Wow. Yeah. That's, 
Those you, it, it, politically, if you're inside the White House, that's horrific <clears throat> to look at. And here's the conundrum. Because you're not being transparent. Think about this. These are the numbers when you're not being transparent. Now, if it were all innocent, now it's not innocent, but if everything were on the up and up and it weren't, uh, none of the documents situation were about Hunter, you're on the inside, you're on the Biden team, and you know already none of those documents pertain to Hunter. Isn't this when you want to be most proactive to change the public's perception yes, exactly. of this? Yeah, and yep. that's not happening. They're no. doing doing anything but. Yep. They're closing the doors. McNamara and Eric Harley taking your calls. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. You know, one of the things that we always talked about uh, since the Hunter Biden laptop, uh, you know, came out, and we know the entire story of what happened there, but getting to the specifics of, you know, why do foreign governments or foreign uh, companies with close ties to foreign governments, and in the case of the energy company in uh, China with direct ties to China's, you know, Communist Party, you know, why would they be willing to pay? Why are there anonymous Chinese sources that are willing to pay tens of millions of dollars to the Penn Biden Center? You know, why are they anonymous? Why don't Right. Why the why aren't why isn't why don't they just come forward? What is it? You know, and and so one of the things that we always hear is influence peddling is about selling access. Well, what kind of access? People are wondering, what type of access could you sell? Well, maybe it's not access they're looking for. Maybe it's information. And as as uh uh Miranda Devine writes here in the New York Post, there are several clues on the laptop that Hunter may have been selling classified information hmm. to his foreign paymasters. If special counsel Robert Herr uh, cares to cross-match its contents with classified material found since November in five different locations in the president's Delaware home, and garage uh, and his office at the University of Pennsylvania. The classified files her is investigating covers Biden's vice presidential years when Hunter and his uncle Jim actively were monetizing the family names overseas. Some documents reportedly date back to the president's time in the Senate. Last week, we published a email about Ukraine written by Hunter Biden in 2014 which Senator Ron Johnson said looks suspiciously 
as if it were based on classified information. But there's more of from where that comes from. It may be not be that, okay, you're just, you're giving information, whether it's classified or not, information that you have because your father was a former vice president or was vice president, information that foreign governments could use. You could take top secrets of what Biden had on Russia or the oligarchs, for example, Mm -hmm. and sell that to interested parties. Right. Uh, And that's where she's focusing. For instance, documents on the laptop from 2011 show that Hunter offered to sell intelligence on Russian oligarchs to the U.S. aluminum firm Alcoa for $55,000. Now, this was classified intelligence, according to Miranda Devine. The internal discussions over Hunter's proposal, a senior executive Alcoa suggested the information was valuable because it would not otherwise be on government affairs team's radar. That's mm. a quote. Mm. As I previously reported, this is Miranda Devine from the New York Post who wrote Laptop from Hell. Hunter offered to provide Alcoa with statistical analysis of political and corporate risks and elite networks associated with uh, a Russian oligarch who was the CEO of Basic Element Company and the United Company, Rusol. Uh, Alcoa had just signed a metal supply agreement with Rusol. Hmm. Hunter promised to provide a list of elites of similar rank in Russia uh, based on frequency of interaction and selected elites and countries. In an email to Daniel Cruz, Alcoa was then vice president of government and public affairs on June 3rd, 2011. Hunter offered, quote, a little better sense of the product by attaching some of the raw data that is produced through the elite mapping procedure. Hunter proposed fees of 25000 for phase one and 55000 for the refined analysis. Five days later, <clears throat> Alcoa said, I don't believe the data analysis is worth the full 55000 I think the most valuable piece for us would be a list of Russian elites connected to that Russian oligarch that would not otherwise be on government affairs team's radar, including various Russian committee heads, union leaders, or ministers. Hunter, now 52, was a raging drug addict with a voracious appetite for cash during his father's uh, vice presidency, and he got access to classified information is a matter of national concern. No wonder voters are waking up in spite of a national, excuse me, in spite of a left-wing media blackout. There's a lot of uh, to unpack. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the longer they hold out, the worse this gets. Because when the media, you know, is is hit with a brick wall every single day, and you now have the liberal media, this is no longer, by the way, uh, with all due respect to Miranda Devine and everybody there at the uh, New York Post who. Uh, really started this whole thing in the media. Um, I mean, technically, Hunter started the, <laughs> the whole thing. But um, the media focus on this has changed. We went from 
it's it's irresponsible reporting false information. Um, It's uh, Russian disinformation. It's uh, Republican conspiracy theory. Oh, wait, there might be something to it. There are your different stages of the whole Hunter Biden laptop thing. And now we're at the point that the the liberal media having their the door closed in their face over and over again on the documents side of it. You're just giving them something else, another reason to chase answers. I don't know to what extent they're going to do that. I don't know how many, you know, as we get here's the thing, as we get closer to. Uh, more and more Republicans announcing that they're getting in for the 24th season. Uh, liberal media will will still work to protect this White House. But there's only so much they can do. And I'm wondering how much of the liberal media, as more and more of this, you know, uh, with the documents thing, uh, you know, is, is uh, basically um, shut down by the administration, how many of them... Look for the answers in the Hunter Biden story and to see if there's a connection there. Well, here's the interesting thing. I, I think both sides, you know, you had, as we talked about last week, you had both uh, both sides of the uh, the uh, Senate Intelligence Committee that mm-hmm. were furious. You know, you yeah. had Tom Cotton come out. But right. you know, they also said, you know, that the Democrats were just as furious because they don't only want to know what Biden had. They want to know what Trump had. Yeah. So really, in a way, this this push to get, you know, to, <clears throat> to get access uh, to what the Department of Justice has. So, you know, you, you can make the point from both sides. We don't know what they had. Both. Both could uh, imperil national security. Yeah, right. Now, there's a much better case for Biden, much stronger case. Because you're finding top secret documents all over the place, classified documents all over the place, where, again, we know the Trump situation. By the way, the Pence situation just disappeared completely, didn't it? Right. It just disappeared. They didn't get anything out of out of uh, that. But, you know, if both of them are running, then both sides want to know if there's political ammunition. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in, in those right. classified documents that they could possibly use. The thing is, with Trump, everything leaks. This is one of the very few leaks that has ever happened yeah, for a, Biden. That's a good point, and it makes you wonder how much there will be. But and, and I guess it's kind of where I was going, and my question would be, is the liberal media curious? You know, Miranda Devine is one thing, uh, doing some great work here, uh, as she has done. But is the liberal media curious enough? Uh, to ask questions about this, because it is no longer, you know, the conspiracy theory. It is no longer just a story from the New York Post. The laptop situation is real. Now the question, is the document scandal related to the laptop scandal? And what all was done here? Because... Whether they are related or not, it either comes down to you either have one massive scandal or two very, very huge scandals, right? Yeah, you you either have one 
one large scandal or two very very large scandals. Right? <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. it's you know uh, so right. you can you can slice up that pie any way you want to, but it is all part of the same mess. And now I'm hungry. This is not going to get any better uh, for for Biden going forward because. I was telling you during the break, the one thing that you can't, that Biden can't do as a sitting president is campaign from the basement. No, he if can't. he's running in 24, then the media is going to be focused on him a lot. Not that Trump won't get the focus, but on the, on the documents side of it, you know, there are a lot of things we already know about the Trump thing. There's so many unanswered questions about the Biden document scandal and my gosh, a year's worth of unanswered questions on the Hunter laptop thing. So those are the, those are the drivers there. There, it, there's no way that it won't be about one or both of those stories along the way. If Biden is in, if he's not in, then he's a lame duck, outgoing president who's just going to all of this stuff is just going to roll downhill on his own party. It's not good in, either way. It just isn't. No, and with, you know, you've got the State of the Union coming up here in the next couple of uh, yep. weeks where oh. the focus is going to be on the president again. Right. If the focus is on the president, then people are going to be asking uh, 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 questions. Uh, you will have probably more attention paid to the Republican response, yeah. especially if it's two weeks from now and we know more. Yeah, it's a uh, uh, week from tomorrow, right? February 7th? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. And and so when you, the, the Republican response, I'm sure is going to bring it up. Yeah, we don't know right. what's going to happen, you know, if the special counsel, and I think the special counsel takes over February 1st. Mm. But the special counsel comes in and says, okay, we're going to search the University of Delaware. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to search the Penn Biden Center. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah. You know, whether whether they agree to it or not, you know, if they go in and, and do that, which the special counsel has the power and can get a warrant to do it. Yeah. Based on what we know already. Right. Right. That, that these, uh, you know, that look... Uh, Either we're going in with your permission mm-hmm. or not with your permission. And uh, I don't see how you cannot go in because the public, if you look at the public opinion itself, Eric, is enough. Well, that's that's it. How do you the answer public the question? It. Have you completed the search? Because we know that they haven't. And the first time the DOJ went in and officially did their version of a search, they found more documents after we were told the search was completed. So there's no way you can just stop if you're the DOJ. 866-98-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. Progressive Commercial Insurance protects truck owners with specialized coverages for heavy It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Yeah, when I think uh, of, when I see those uh, poll numbers from uh, Rasmussen, how many people, and you look at independents, I mean, through the roof, and and even when you see that uh, Democrats uh, in the polling 
are taking seriously the, the whole Biden situation. With the tribalism we have today, tribalism cuts through almost everything. The two things that tribalism doesn't, political tribalism doesn't cut through in this country and really never has. There's two things. If you're a public official and you evade your taxes, mm-hmm. that will destroy you politically in public opinion. The other thing is possible influence peddling. When you combine influence peddling to being so careless with top secret documents and then people start connecting the dots saying, are the top secret documents somehow related to the influence peddling? It's impossible to win that in public opinion. Those are the two things and probably the only two things except some type of sexual abuse that was that was proven mm-hmm. that really will destroy tribalism. Yeah. Or people right. say, okay, you can't do it, this guy. And again, you may still support him as a Democrat, but you go get somebody else in there. He's, he's used up. Get somebody else right. in there. Right. Their fury may not be as great, but when you see where independents are on this and that the majority of Democrats believe... Democratic voters believe that what's going on is a scandal. You got problems. Yep. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we're Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today and listen when you choose. If you can't listen live overnight. Well, here we go. I love this one. But, I mean, we predicted this. Uh, As inflated gas prices came down at the end of last year, the fuel cost for most internal combustion engine vehicles was cheaper in the final quarter of 2022 than charging an electric vehicle. Analysts with the Anderson Economic Group said late last week the cost to drive 100 miles in a gas-powered car dropped by more than $2 in October, November, and December. And with electricity prices rising last year, mid, uh, mid-price mid internal combustion engine cars became more economical than EV cars for the first time in 18 months. Uh, AEG's cost analysis looked at the underlying cost of energy, for gas, diesel, and electricity, as well as road taxes and fees, added costs to operate pump or EV chargers, and the cost of driving to a fueling station. The costs were calculated for vehicles driving 12,000 miles per year. The analysis found that in uh, the fourth quarter, a typical mid-price gas uh, car driver paid about $11.29 to fuel their vehicle for 100 miles of driving. 
that was about 31 cents cheaper than what a mid-price electric car driver paid charging their vehicle at home and more than $3 less than what a comparable EV drivers pay when they charge their vehicles at a fuel station. Unless you were driving an expensive luxury electric vehicle, you were losing money charging your car versus paying for gas. So, there you go. Well, yeah, but the good news is... I'll get back to you. They say the run-up in gas prices made EVs look like a bargain during much of 21 and 22, said the uh, said AEG's Patrick Anderson. With electric prices going up and gas prices declining, uh, drivers of traditional uh, internal combustion vehicles saved a little bit of money in the last quarter of 2022. As we said, with the um, with it making with the government moving towards uh, non-traditional forms of energy mm. and inconsistent forms of energy, electricity prices. Remember, Obama said it under his plan. Electricity prices would necessarily skyrocket. Yep. Under their plan, electricity will skyrocket, and so. Uh, we have seen that even though they have done everything they can to try to stop drilling on federal land, they still haven't been able to stop it on private and state land. And so, you know, we COVID messed up everything. Mm -hmm. But as we get back over the years, you'll see an increase in all likelihood of supply in the United States. And the difference is just going to become greater and greater and greater unless the Democrats have more success in shutting down drilling on private and state land, as is their goal. If anybody out there, if there's a Democrat out there that actually believes that President Biden wants low gasoline prices or any Democrat wants low gasoline prices, with all due respect, you're delusional. Because everybody knows the Democrats want high gasoline prices. They're doing everything possible to have high gasoline prices. And as Obama said way back when, he wants high electricity prices. Yep. Well, and uh, it's because cheap and plentiful energy is a brick wall that the left and their agenda hits repeatedly. You can't have it. So you have to have energy on the uh, energy costs on the rise across the board. And as we brought you uh, to start the show out with, uh, Wall Street Journal, one of their lead editorials, is that the uh, Biden administration, although they're heavily subsidizing electric vehicles, are doing everything they can to block any mining project that produces uh, the raw materials necessary for making an electric vehicle battery. That they want to have it both ways. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to, and we told you this was happening, and this isn't just for lithium. Right. This is uh, for uh, things like, but I believe, what is it now? Copper. Mm-hmm. I don't have it here. At the, um, 
I'm sitting here, was right here for the moment. Uh, copper, nickel, and cobalt. Okay, yeah. So it's not just lithium. It's anything you yeah. need to mine because right. you can't. if you can't take fossil fuels, you can't take any other minerals out of the out of the ground because you're destroying mother earth and so, there's a growing controversy surrounding cobalt uh on the global level and the mining of cobalt globally and the sta- safety standards that are applied in cobalt or not applied i guess in in cobalt mining so you have activists Doing what they do. If it requires getting anything from the ground, the activists are going to come out against it. And policymakers are going to follow. And by the way, it's always going to require getting something out of the ground. So that's not going to change. It's not going to change at all. Saw one um, analyst that said he believes that uh, California on their 2035 EV new car sales mandate, he believes they'll kick the can down the road because they won't be able to meet it. Gosh, by 2035, I, I don't know where the activists will, will lead policymakers. <laughs> they may ban... The existence of EVs altogether by then, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's interesting, and and you know, it it got pub uh, it got publicity. We had, but when Greta Thunberg came out, and you know that uh, net zero isn't zero, right? And and you know, the split, and this could be as big as the split uh, in the liberal women's movement that we talked about last week. Uh, all part of the you know liberal transgender activist movement. Uh, this could be just as big because they're being they're vicious with the Democrats. Or like Democrats don't care about the planet. Democrats are just pretending. And you know that was one of the most perfect examples was Biden on the um, on the uh, as we said the Keystone Pipeline. Mm-hmm. Right. That uh, even his secretary of transportation, his uh, climate czar, energy czar, all said, well, no, by our by our liberal standard of what causes climate change, you should have kept the Keystone Pipeline going. That mm-hmm. was the best alternative. Mm-hmm. So he just said, I don't care. The It fits our image. So fire all these great union workers. Destroy Tens of thousands of union jobs, great union jobs. And, hey, learn how to code. Travel somewhere else to get a job and learn how to code. Yeah. I mean. And and now, as you mentioned last week, uh, that uh, if they would have learned to code over the last couple of years and take courses in it, there might not be the jobs available because the tech sector is laying off right now. Yeah. Just as you learn to code, you're getting laid off at Google. These are the things, though, that, that again, uh, the the left doesn't care about. Who was it that, that 
said it. We had been saying it for the longest time. The left uh, recently, the left doesn't care about manufacturing anymore. They are not the party of blue collar. They can't make that case at I think, all. I think Biden said that sort of last week. No, he was pretty much saying, <laughs> I, think, I think we don't care. That's we've, because you don't care. We've said it for years. Manufacturing by their stand, by, by what Democrats believe causes climate change. Mm-hmm. If you manufacture, you're going to put carbon dioxide into the atmosphere. Right, right. If you mine, if you mine, if you manufacture, you're going to do it. And look, what we brought up back in uh, in uh, uh, 2016, because mm. it was like August of 2016, when you had the trifecta. Hillary wanted all the coal jobs gone, or was it 2015? I can't remember. Was the primary still going on? Uh, I can't remember. It I was think we were into 2016. Yeah, it was 2016. Yeah. Hillary wanted all the coal jobs gone. Mm-hmm. Bernie wanted the trucking jobs gone. gone. And then Biden had to jump in and say, well, let's get rid of oil jobs. No more drilling in Obama. Yeah. What did I say? Biden. Oh. Yeah. Biden may, may have said it, too. Same difference. <laughs> uh, yeah. Obama. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get rid of the offshore right. uh, oil jobs. They're like, wow, there it is right there. Yeah, if you ever wanted the example of that they wanted to get rid of manufacturing. That was all within days of each right. other. And they're making it where electricity prices are skyrocketing, just like Obama wanted. Well, if you don't have cheap energy, manufacturing is going to go elsewhere. Right. That's fine with Democrats. They right. believe you can live in a delusion. Think about this. They believe you can live in the delusional world by creating an electric vehicle without any natural resources that are needed to make an electric vehicle. Well, you know, what's interesting is that the uh, there's that, and then you apply it, too, to the the hatred that has come out for Elon Musk. The left now yeah. saying, well, look, he's built these corporations, and it's, you know, billions and billions and billions of dollars. They don't like anybody making a profit off of anything. So the more it becomes an industry, the greater it is a target. And it's always going to be the case, even without the newfound, newly found hatred of an Elon Musk. If it's an industry, we got to go after it. Are you making a profit? We want you to do it without making a profit. <laughs> I mean, that's it. We can't have industry growing and there's no way to make something happen on this scale without massive massive dollars i was going to hear from the la times or editorial here just in the last uh, day uh talking about electric vehicles the majority of new electric vehicles sold in california were higher end models that remain unaffordable to most california citizens more than 70 percent of fully electric vehicles sold in california last year were Teslas. Well, they're still buying them in California. Mm. Yep. The fact that California's electric vehicle market remains dominated by Teslas and other vehicle uh, vehicles dealers classify as luxury and near luxury is evidence of the socioeconomic divide that remains a barrier to push California that uh, remains a barrier to California's push to replace polluting fossil fueled vehicles with electric models powered by clean, renewable energy. Remember, this is the L.A. Times editorial. Mm -hmm. 
So, yeah, and the, this is, we say, the majority of electric vehicles that are being sold uh, are being are being subsidized for the rich. And yeah. It continues. Right. Yep. And, again, there's, you know, you, you with the activists becoming more and more prominent in today's world and having a greater voice, and we're talking about the, the you know, the boots on the ground for activism then there's no way that they don't get attention. You start screaming about the mining, and then all of a sudden (laughs) you get the Biden administration and other nations, by the way, looking at the mining for materials to build anything. Nationwide figures show electric vehicles sell on average for about 17,000 more than gas-powered ones. Hmm. And gas-powered vehicles are becoming too expensive for the average person to buy. It's insane. It is insane right now how expensive it is. And a lot of that comes from the standards that the OEMs had to follow over the years. It just became more and more and more expensive. I brought my 20-year-old second vehicle that I have. Turns 20 years. It was was made in May of 2003. Mm. So another couple months it'll be officially 20 years old yeah and uh i've always it says 242,000 miles and i use it you know i take it to work took it to work today but mm. you know i i drive it around mostly to you know pick up stuff home depot everything else in the right, other vehicle right. you know yeah is a much nicer much newer vehicle mm. but i was at the dealership the other day and they said man you made the right decision to keep this you you wanted the second vehicle went out in the market to buy it you would have paid through the nose and you know how yeah. much have you put in over the last six years? You know to this vehicle, and I'm like, not much. Yeah, you know. Right. So, um, but uh, you know that they said, you know, you would get killed if you would have if you would have bought a vehicle if you would have got rid of it and bought a second one, you would have paid you know twenty thirty thousand dollars more. Mm. It's like I go, yeah, and this thing's really reliable, and they've replaced everything on it almost. So. Right. Yeah. Well, let's put it this way: they've replaced they've replaced all the fuel injectors. The generator got it replaced uh, a few years back. And uh, all the spark coils. That's about all that goes wrong until a piston blows through. Yeah, right. Or a rod blows through or something, not a mm-hmm. piston. If a piston blew through, that'd be a pretty big hole. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, well, waiting for the transmission to go or something, and it's running fine. So. Well, and more and more people keeping their cars longer because yeah, it's just way too expensive. Add to it the cost of money, borrowing to pay for the exactly. car that you're going to buy. Yep. Oh, we'll get to that, too. Uh, The the Walmart CEO talking about uh, labor inflation. Might be considering labor inflation. Right. This is the ex-Walmart CEO after they raised, what, the minimum wage to like $17 an hour? uh, 14, their starting wage from $12 to $14 an hour. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. Personalized savings on commercial truck insurance with Smart Hall from Progressive. Learn more at Progressive Commercial. And Red Eye Radio, he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up following the bottom of the hour, Tim Ryan tells uh, Bill Maher that the Democrats' brand is toxic. 
Well, you should know. Yeah. Um, you know, and he uh, he uh, talked at uh, uh, he pointed to Democrats who take the bait on issues like critical race theory, which uh, you know we know what we know what that is, and we've talked about it before. But uh, Tim Ryan said uh, back years ago that the biggest problem. He said critical race theory now before he said identity politics. Right. Yeah. And sorry, you can't convince Americans to judge people by groups. And that's what the Democratic Party is still attempting to do. Yep. And it's they don't have another game. And no, they don't. And there's there's no way because in order to. Uh, if they wanted to stop it, then you have to start talking to individuals, right, and treating people as individuals. Well, they believe politically that's suicide. Well, actually, the opposite politically is suicide. And you can still win elections in blue states. Can you win the issues with the American people? That's the question, because ultimately... At some point, that is bound to change the election turnout. Giving you 70% each night. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara <laughs> on Red Eye Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that much. You know, it's interesting. Tim Ryan uh, saying that the, telling Bill Maher that the Democrats brand is is toxic. And of course it uh, is. But when you look at all of our leaders, did you see that uh, Real Clear Politics took, took an average of all the polls for them? Mm. Yeah. Take a guess who is the uh, the worst thought. Who is the worst thought of politician? If 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 you're looking at here 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 it is. Okay, let me. Mm-hmm. I'll let you know. Uh, you have Biden, Trump, DeSantis, Kamala Harris, Kevin McCarthy, Hakeem Jeffries, Chuck Schumer, Mitch McConnell. Who is thought of the worst? Who is the biggest? unfavorable rating the 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 most negative favorable unfavorable rating <laughs> mitch mcconnell uh average of the polls minus 33.4 now i will let you know that all the pollsters are the liberal pollsters okay um now they're liberal for all of them mm. okay but i don't see for example, I don't see a Rasmussen or Trafalgar in her anywhere. All right. So they're, uh, you know, NBC economist, uh, YouGov, Harvard Harris, USA Today, CBS News, CNN, Quinnipiac. All right. Not all are the same polls. They take an average. Not all are polled by the same pollsters. But right. just for example, so uh, McConnell is the worst at, at uh, minus 33.4 if you take an average of the, the, the polling. All right. Uh, next on the list, 
uh, would be Trump at minus 18.3. Followed by Kevin McCarthy, minus 18. Followed by uh, Kamala Harris, minus 14. Followed by Schumer, minus 14. Uh, Then we get to... Followed by Biden, minus 11. And then uh, Hakeem Jeffries, the new minority leader of the House, plus 1.8. It shows you what happens when nobody knows who you are. Yeah. Nobody knows who he is. Give it a minute. Uh, Right. (laughs) Plus 1.8. The most popular politician of the leaders that we have now or who may be running for president would be uh ron DeSantis. as the best polling of any of those of uh those uh, leaders at a plus seven and if you take january alone he would be a plus 14 on january alone yeah the rest would roughly be the same if you just included January. There's, they really haven't changed that much. There's a couple of outlier uh, polls there. But think about it. That Hakeem Jeffries, who is more radical than any of those people on the page, and on the page I'm looking at right now with all of them, there is nobody more radical than Hakeem Jeffries. No one. If you ask America, if you took what he believes on the issues and polled America, you probably would have 75 to 80 percent of Americans disagree with what he stands for. He is the only Democrat that has a positive ranking. So it shows you what happens if you're unknown. Meanwhile, if you take a Mitch McConnell. Is Mitch McConnell, no matter what you think about him, and I know Mitch McConnell probably got a ton of Republican negatives. But if, but <laughs> no, that's that's actually true. I'm sure that he did. But if you if you look at it overall, just on where Mitch McConnell stands on the issues, he's a moderate. What radical positions does Mitch McConnell hold? So if you look at it, what you find there is Repub- Democrats hate him and Republicans dislike him because they don't believe he's doing that. It's actually not where he stands performance. on the issues. It's the it's the performance and leadership abilities that people believe that he has. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, that's self-explanatory after the Civil War you've had in the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. You know, Harris, you see her unfavorables, you know, minus... Uh, Minus 14 is an average. And then mm-hmm. uh, where did I see that? Where was it? Um, and, of course, Trump is going to, you know, he's he's going to, uh, you know, have that uh, uh, high disapproval number. Right. The, the last one, though, you know, had the lowest uh, NBC News, the the last survey they did on Mitch McConnell, which was 120 to 120 to 124, January 20th to January 24th. Mm-hmm. All Americans, a thousand Americans, his favorability, 10%. 
versus unfavorable of 53. 53, right. But yeah. 10%. Negative 43. I'm trying yeah. to see if anybody was lower than. <laughs> if anybody I, had That's lower... actually what I was doing. I was looking at the different polls here and and where they are and, and looking the, at the difference between Kamala Harris and Biden. Because if if you look at it on the RCP average, Biden does better than his VP. So you ask mm-hmm. the question, of course, all right, what if he announces he's not going to run? Well, inevitably, the next question is, is she going to run? Well, if you look at these favorable, unfavorable She's doing worse than he is, and she doesn't have a son named Hunter. Think about that. That's a pretty big deal with everything right now that is weighing on the president and the polls that we cited earlier. She's still doing worse on the RC uh, average on favorable versus unfavorable. Well, yeah, that's because Democrats don't like her because she's a woman. <laughs> They're misogynists. Right. Yeah, exactly. See, this is proof. <laughs> <laughs> we, if they're going to say it, then we can say it, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> if they're going to use it. I mean, but... You, is, is it okay if we start making stuff up now, too, just making it as we go along? It would be a lot easier for me. <laughs> I don't know. If... if uh, wow. I guess we'll... Uh, let our wouldn't audience it, decide. Wouldn't it be great to? <laughs> wouldn't it be great to be a liberal and just say whatever you want? Yeah. You know, no matter what, you just say whatever you want, and it doesn't matter, and you don't worry about whether it's accurate or not. Yeah, there's right. no shame if it's. Like, well, where'd you come up with that? Well, we just we just we just picked it out of the air. That the, yeah, the, the we and, and so Eric and I had that great discussion on the the uh, the uh, the money tree. Yeah, and how the money tree works. And that uh, we're all for the money tree. I mean, could you imagine? Is there, is there like a, is there like sort of a, oh, let me ask you this question. Is ignorance, is, is ignorance bliss? Yeah. No, not, I mean, yeah, is there, absolutely. Is there, is. When, yeah. when you, when you can just say, when you can just speak from pure emotion and rage, and none of it has to make any sense, but right. it satisfies you because you have that outlet. But you don't have to go through the effort of actually trying to find out how things actually work. Yeah. The rage is enough. Well, no, you can it's it's like looking out the door in the morning before you leave to see what the forecast is. Right. It's not raining right now. So I'll just, you know, everything. Which way is the wind blowing politically? I'll jump on that. I if 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 I the less work I have to do, the better it is. And yeah, that's that politically that is how it works. Ignorance is bliss. If I just don't have to get involved. You know, you look at the breakdown of these of these numbers and you know, there's really only one winner because as if you look at Hakeem Jeffries, he hasn't done anything yet. Right. 
And there hasn't been – if he were – if the Democrats retained power and he became Speaker, if he were Speaker of the House right now, I dare say those numbers would be different. But you look at uh, the one clear winner here, and it's Ron DeSantis. I mean, and it's and, across the board. And, and and the thing that you see is when you, by the time you get to the middle of December, uh, you know, when when you see the the Harvard Harris and then mm-hmm. the Economist UK poll, which again are liberal pollsters but registered voters, where his approval rating is plus fifteen and plus fourteen. Mm-hmm. And you see his disapproval only 31 and 37%. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty massive because that's on a national scale with all the demonization that's been done. So you have to ask yourself, why does Ron DeSantis have that? Because I would think it would be much more. I can see in Florida if he had those numbers because they would match what he won by. But the fact that he has that nationwide means there's a significant portion of of independents and Democrats that relate to his that relate to his message. Right. What he is doing has to be viewed as a success, no matter how the media and the media's been pounding on him lately. Everything he does is, you know, he's an authoritarian now, he's Hitler, he's a white supremacist. I mean, that was the last thing that came out because of him saying, Nope, sorry, we're not gonna teach we're not gonna teach race to kids. You know, we're not gonna teach racial bias to kids right we're just sorry we're not going to do that everybody sort of relates to it but you see i mean since he's been the last month and a half since he's been pretty loud and active is when you've seen and and i don't know if that will last but you've seen you know as you get as you get close you know uh you know as you get to the last mm, what would it be 45 days or so Mm. his numbers have looked very very good and you compare those with uh, the numbers of uh, and take the similar polls, take the, the or the same polls um, for you know each of the individual ones outside of the RCP average. You go into the similar the the same polls and compare his performance in those polls against Trump and against Biden. Then it's a huge swing. Mm-hmm. It's a big swing. So yeah, that's and but you still it's, it's clear yeah. since the first of the year, it's been a it, it's it, there's been it it's been a huge surge in his yeah, favorable numbers. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's a big big but, swing. But I'm looking at Trump's favorables because we saw the Mitch McConnell where he had just a ten favorable rating, mm-hmm. and even you know Trump thirty two thirty nine thirty two forty five thirty eight thirty eight forty two. You know how bad you have to be to have a ten. I mean, it's everybody. No, seriously. Everybody is turned against yeah. you. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm looking down here and just going down the list and seeing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't see anyone. <laughs> anyone even close? Uh, it was a 19 for Kevin McCarthy in the middle of the month from Quinnipiac, an 18 for. Uh, and a, and uh, a 17 for. From NBC News. Oh, by the by the way, if you look at uh, if you look at Hakeem Jeffries, it's because nobody knows who he is. Right, I just, right, I just right, noticed right. this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Favorable nineteen, unfavorable sixteen. The rest don't know. Right. <laughs> All right. He doesn't count. No, that's but that is a, Schumer, a good point. Is that uh, my gosh? Schumer uh, had an eighteen. 
Schumer had an 18 back mm. in the beginning of the year. He had 118. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. Nah, Harris, you know, 35, 40, 38, 39, 37. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's, these are horrible, horrible numbers for everybody but Ron DeSantis. Yeah. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Join the conversation using the ship. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Well, I mean, we're going to start. I mean, the campaign's already starting with the with Trump out over the weekend. Two different rallies that he uh, he uh, he held. You know what I think the the thing is going to be for for Trump is not the fact that he can't pull in a significant number of the the votes. I, I think the problem may be money. You know, yeah. now he's got a, yeah. he's got a pretty big war chest, but you know, early on, you know, for example, if. You know, you look at New Hampshire, which would be an early one for the Republicans there, and he's behind DeSantis. You may have to spend a tremendous amount of money in some of those early states to get momentum. Yeah, right. And and so the fact is, is he going to have the donors? Because all donors yeah. care about now, if you're a Republican donor, you only care about one thing. Who's going to get me the win? Yep. Because you look at the differences between, for example, a Trump and DeSantis or whomever, and you say they're not really that far apart right. on the issue. So who can win is going to be the key. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey, that's part one of our show. Don't miss the rest. Click part two on our website, redeyeradioshow.com, or Red Eye Radio phone app to hear the rest of the show. And thanks for listening to Red Eye Radio. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville. The Ultimate Smallville Rewatch Podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.